This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Novak, and I'm here to read you a bedtime story. Valentine's Day was this week. So, how about starting with the story of a first date? This is Shower Sick. He wasn't quite sure how to describe the smell. It wasn't so rank as to warrant his full attention, but at the same time, it always persisted. It was like a mosquito, in a way. It was only annoying if he paid attention to it. And, like any mosquito, Sam couldn't help but pay attention to it. The water steamed as it touched his skin, running down his slicked-back hair. It wasn't boiling water, but it may as well have been. Every study in the world could prove that hot showers were bad for you. It didn't matter to him. The shower was a place of reflection, after all. And if Sam had to be alone with his thoughts, he would rather be comfortable while doing so. Thankfully, I won't be alone for much longer, Sam thought to himself. He smiled as he pictured her face in his head. Short, cute, and willing to spend the night. Just what he wanted out of a first date. I wouldn't really call it a date, per se. If it were a date, we'd be going somewhere. But she... What's her name again? Erica? Erica is coming straight here. Which means we get a little more fun than we would on a traditional date. Sam glanced to his right, at the bottle of shampoo resting on the shelf. And it also means you've got to get ready and stop hogging all the hot water, hot shot. Sam moved for the faucet, but stopped. His nostrils flared as he picked up on the smell. He had done well to push it out of his attention span so far, but it hit him full on in that moment. He couldn't put his finger on it. He could smell it. That much was for sure, but it was distant somehow, faint, like someone a few doors down was decomposing. A strong odor, but one that hadn't quite reached him just yet. I bet something died in the walls, a mouse or something. 
though you'd think that something like that would be a bit harder to smell from the shower. Sam looked around, not entirely sure what he was looking for in the first place. The shower was big enough, a large vertical cubicle, big enough for two to fit comfortably. A purchasing point Sam had picked up on keenly, but not so large as to fit any potential harborers of the stench. Unless it's me? Sam stepped away from the shower head for a moment, raised his arm, and took a quick sniff. He nearly recoiled in disgust as a result. Yep, it's me. Damn, thought I shampooed already. Guess another round won't hurt, especially for Erica's sake. He wasn't so sure why exactly he was so concerned with impressing Erica. He would have his way with her, she would promise to keep in touch, and they'd mutually move on to separate bodies. Such was the cycle that Sam kept himself in. It was the only normality he knew. He grabbed the shampoo, making sure to be much more thorough this time around. The soap foamed and bubbled on his skin, running down his arms and legs as it mixed with water on its way to the drain. He let himself soak for another few minutes, letting himself get lost in thought. Finally, he pulled back from under the showerhead once more, and went in for a final check on how he smelled. It had gotten worse. Sam stared at the shampoo bottle, still open from use. He suddenly became very aware of how harsh the water pressure was. Each individual droplet of water seemed to strike him like a BB pellet, assaulting him in a painful barrage he couldn't get away from. It pelted his back, the hiss of the shower steam flaring like a truck's horn. He covered his ears, silently pleading for it to stop. It wouldn't. All the while, the smell seemed to rise. It reeked. Not of body odor, but something stronger than that. It was suffocating, seemingly closing in all around him. The cubicle, lovingly selected to fit two, suddenly felt that much smaller as Sam's senses went into overdrive. His chest rose and fell, the water beating down on him as he struggled to make sense of what was happening. Regaining control of his body, Sam powered through the smell and sensory overload, reaching through the steady downpour for the faucet. He cranked it off, and all at once, the cacophony of his mind fell silent. No more thundering water drops. No more claustrophobic shower. But still, that smell. Okay, whatever. I can deal with that later. For now, I've just gotta clear my head. Gotta... Sam reached for the sliding shower door, then stopped. He stared down at his arm as the smell grew. Sharper. There was a small, dark spot on his arm. It could have easily been mistaken for a mole, had a mole been there when he entered the shower. Sam looked at the dark spot, then realized something. Whatever it was, 
It was spreading across the skin of his forearm. It was growing. Confused, Sam ogled the dark spot, slowly raising a finger to poke it. The skin that had darkened felt soft to the touch. When he applied pressure to it, it seemed to almost give way to the pressure. He pressed and pressed, feeling his finger sink ever deeper into the dark spot. Then, finally, something gave. The darkened skin began to break open. The skin not so much ripping, but more sagging as the pressure from his finger proved too much. Recoiling in horror, Sam quickly withdrew his finger from the wound, watching a glob of jet-black viscera drip down his index finger. The dark spot, now an open pit on his arm, grew even still, his skin breaking and peeling away. The smell was now more pungent than ever before, the source of it having been exposed to open air. His hand shook, and blood began to flow down his fingers, growing cold as he slowly began to lose control of it. The rot had corroded his arm all the way to the bone, leaving his forearm up, hanging limply as Sam struggled to get his head straight. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? He backed away from the door. In shock, there was no pain, but that fact did little to remedy the situation. Sam lost his footing, slipping on the leftover water from the hot shower. He went sprawling to the ceramic floor, howling in pain as he felt a sharp pain in his leg. It fell under the rest of his body weight, jerking reflexively for a moment before going limp. Help! Sam shouted instinctively. Somebody help me! He gasped, doing his best to conserve his breath. Erica wouldn't be arriving for at least another hour. Mustering all the strength in his remaining arm, Sam propped himself up just enough to get his leg out and examine it. The bone piercing through the skin was the only diagnosis he needed. Sam could hear his heart beating in his chest. His mind began to race, imagining all the worst-case scenarios as he scrambled for a solution. I'm going to die in here, and nobody will find me. Erica's going to have to cancel, and they, they won't find me for weeks. Sam's hyperventilating was interrupted by an observation, a sight so shocking it almost sent a jolt of focus into his scattered brain. His leg was moving. More so, it was moving away. The area around the breakage had gone black with rot, just as his arm had. Only this was different. Instead of simply crumbling away, the black material was moving, writhing and squirming as if it were alive. As the corrosion began to separate Sam's leg from his knee, a set of sinewy black tendrils rested themselves free from the open wound. They flailed about as Sam covered his mouth in horror, his eyes welling up with tears. The tendrils began to push against the pristine white floor, 
leaving behind a trail of the same black, tarish substance that coated Sam's arm wound. Pushing and pushing, they began to control where his rotting leg was going. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. Sam struggled to bring his brain to reason. This is a nightmare. Sam, you're going to wake up, okay? You're going to wake up. Sam began to back away, weakly, sliding what remained of his body towards the front of the cubicle as his body creaked in agony. He raised his remaining arm, now slowly becoming peppered with its own dark spots, up to the wall, desperate for anything to help himself up. He found the faucet with his grip. Using what little strength he had, he pulled down on it hard, hoping to pull himself up. As the barrage of droplets fell once more, Sam noticed something. The smell had dissipated, if only slightly, no longer as rotten and odorous. It was as if it was as it had been when he first started showering, only a faint nuisance that he could tune out if need be. He stared down at his leg, only to find that it had stopped. The tendrils were prone on the ground as the water beat down on them. Then, slowly, they began to move. It was about a hundredth of their previous speed, but the tendrils were adamant to move once more. Only this time, the shower water was slowing their progression it was slowing the rot. Sam looked up at his remaining arm. The dark spots were there, but they weren't growing or advancing in any way. Then, after a moment, he could make out a faint spread of one of the spots, as with the tendrils. However, it was infinitely slower now. The cubicle began to fill with steam as Sam weighed his options. If I turn off the water now, I'm a dead man, but I've got to get help somehow. Sam backed up against the wall, sinking to the ground as he watched the tendrils push away at his severed leg. They were still on the move, slowly, but surely. His arm, his rotted arm, was completely dead. He was certain it would have fallen off by now, though he suspected that the water had something to do with its preservation. If he could call it that, it hung loosely by a single strap of skin and muscle, dangling at his side, as if to mock him. I'm not going to die in here, Sam said out loud. There's a way out of this. Whatever this is, this water gives me time to think, so that's, that's what I'm going to do. Do you hear me? Sam shouted again to nobody. I'm going to figure out how to beat this. You won't kill me. I won't let you. Sam stopped, sucking in deep breaths as he began to calm down. I won't let you. He mumbled as he began to concoct his escape. The steam encircled him, the water bearing down heavier than before. He was safe in the water. He was safe in the steam. He was safe 
in the shower. Sorry I'm late. Traffic was a bitch, and Waze wasn't much help either. I knocked, but you didn't answer, so I, uh, let myself in. You don't always keep your door unlocked, do you? No answer. Erica frowned, setting down her handbag as she surveyed the lavish living room. It was much nicer than most apartments she'd been in, which gave her hope that her date wouldn't just be a cheap hookup. Speaking of, where even is Sam anyway? She approached the kitchen area, peeked her head in the bedroom. Nothing. She pulled out her phone, hoping to shoot him a quick text. As she plopped down on his sofa, she noticed something on the coffee table by her elbow. It was a note with a piece of tape stuck to it, as if it had been plucked off a door or a wall or something like that. Curiosity overtaking her, she picked it up and began to read, doing her best to decipher the crude handwriting. Sam, last warning. Have your rent to me by seven or I'm shutting off your water. Bruce. Erica pulled out her phone. 807. She stifled a chuckle. <laughs> I bet Richie Rich here is down there complaining to his landlord right now. Poor guy. I hope I can make it up to him when he gets back. Erica put the note on the coffee table, propping her feet up as she began to browse social media absentmindedly. Sam would be back soon. She was sure of it. And when he got back, she would make him explain exactly why his apartment smelled so rancid. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Next up is a story about fire. And I think it's accidentally also on theme considering Ash Wednesday was also this week. This is from author Andrew Newell. Andrew lives in Scotland. He writes short fiction and comic strips, and he hopes you all enjoy listening to Fire Twins. Why did you start the fire in the school? Karen asked the girls, tone soft. Yvonne and Vivian sit opposite Karen in her office. Their identical, straight, dark hair hanging obediently past their shoulders, fringe stopping just at the eyebrows. As usual, Yvonne says nothing, preferring to look up and down at the files and paperwork on Karen's shelves. Vivian's eyes twitch today, looking for an answer. Karen spots it, the first sign of individuality between the 12-year-old twins, Yvonne and Vivian Taylor are the mental health nurse's latest case. Her compiled notes detail the tragic loss of the twins' mother in an accidental house fire a few months ago. Subsequent relocation to live with their father should have provided stability for the girls to rebuild their lives. The twins 
were different. As Karen sifted through some casework one afternoon, a colleague charged into her office with news already filtering through social media. A fire had broken out at a high school library, causing extensive damage. Two girls were to blame, though the school had no idea how they started the blaze. The incident prompted their father to request mental health intervention, and Karen was assigned. So, Vivian, can you tell me why you started the fire? Stunned at being questioned directly, her words fumble through an uncomfortable silence. To find Mom. What do you mean, find her? Yvonne said. Vivian looks at her sister beside her. Just look at me, Vivian. Karen instructs. Yvonne said what? Mom used to say, if you lose something, go to the place where you last saw it. We lost Mom in a fire. So, Yvonne said we could find her in a fire. Do you think so too? Vivian considers for a few seconds before shaking her head. That's right, Karen assures. Yvonne scans the shelves again. Karen asks, What did you use to start the fire? Vivian clams up. Eyes look sideways towards her sister. Karen pushes. Yvonne, can you tell me? Yvonne shrugs. What you've both done is wrong warns Karen. Vivian seems to understand that. Why don't you? Yvonne scowls. Karen sees anger rising in the child and changes tack. Why don't you both tell me some more about your mom? What things did she like? She liked reading, Vivian says. She liked the candles that smell. She always had them. Yvonne quietly adds. After a few moments, Yvonne's face melts into tears. Composing herself, she wipes her eyes. We'll show you. Show me what? Yvonne, no! Shouts Vivian. Just do it with me! Hisses Yvonne, teeth gritting, glaring at Vivian. Look at all the books and paper stuff. She liked reading. She might come here. She takes Vivian's hand, stands up, steps over to a bookcase. Karen watches, quietly fearing a new level of disturbed. Yvonne places her free hand on the wooden frame. Yvonne fills her head with thoughts of her mother, games they played places they went. Vivian fills her head with thoughts of her mother, games they played, places they went, just as Yvonne told her to do. Yvonne thinks of how she will never see her mother again. Sadness, anger, the feelings have started. Vivian thinks of how she will never see her mother again. Sadness. She winces at her sister's grip. It tightens. 
Yvonne remembers the evening of the fire. Her father collecting them from their mother's house to take them with him overnight, while mum changed for her late shift. They go down to the car. Her sister gets in. Vivian remembers the evening of the fire. Her father collecting them from their mother's house to take them with him overnight, while mum got changed for her shift. They go to the car. She gets in. Yvonne doesn't. Yvonne remembers telling her dad she's forgotten something and has to run back to the house. She hasn't really forgotten. She wants to leave her mom a surprise. She wants to light the big lavender candle so the place smells sweet when she comes out of the shower. Vivian remembers waiting. Yvonne lights the candle with the matches from the drawer. She pops it on a plate and puts it on the mantelpiece so Mum will see it when she comes into the room. The plate barely fits, but it should be okay. Vivian remembers her sister coming back to the car, and they drive off. Dad gets a phone call. Mother has been in a fire at her house. She has been taken to the hospital, where she has died. Vivian remembers sadness gripping her at the news. Yvonne remembers sadness gripping her at the news. She remembers the candle, precariously perched on the mantelpiece. But it should have stayed. The feeling starts from the pit of her stomach, as it always does. Vivian thinks of her mum and the flames and smoke reaching out, calling for help. She starts to cry. Yvonne thinks of her mom and the flames and the smoke, reaching out, calling for help, and all because of her. Only she knows. Vivian doesn't. Dad doesn't. She can't ever tell. The feeling is intense now. It pulses through her veins temperature soars. It's wrong, but at this point, there's no holding back. Vivian feels the tremors in her sister and wants to stop. The throbbing reaches Yvonne's palm, held tight against the bookcase, then to her fingertips, and onto the case. A stream of flame bursts along the wood. She barely registers Karen's scream and run for help, too focused on her flames of rage, crawling over each of the folders lining the case, waiting their turn to burn. The carpet will be next, then the wallpaper. Mom might be here. If not, Yvonne will walk across acres of burning embers if she has to, and her sister will follow until their mother comes through flames to greet them with open arms. Thanks for listening. Thank you to both my authors this week. I thoroughly enjoyed producing these stories. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, you can find it at Scare You to Sleep on Twitter, Instagram, 
um, and Facebook. There's a Facebook group. And if you'd like a story considered for the show, you can send it to scareyoutosleep at gmail.com. And just a quick reminder, if you find any of the ads that play on this show that are read by me and have an offer code that is, you know, scare you to sleep 50 or scared, put in offer code scare you to sleep. If you use those offer codes, it helps me out so much. It just lets the ad people know that it's worth spending money to be on my show, sponsoring the show, if you will. And so if you don't go out of your way to get any of these things, but if any of these items appeal appeal to you or subscriptions or anything appeal to you, um, just remember your old pal Shelby. If you remembered me reading off uh, an offer code when you go to check out. Oh, and before I forget to mention, you can also get this show ad-free on Patreon, and you can get bonus episodes for $3 and up. I think next week I'm going to do a new ramble you to sleep over on the $3 and up tiers. I haven't done one in a while, so I would like to put one of those out over there, so keep an eye out. And let's see, this is, I think we're getting to the part of the episode where I begin to ramble. So, good night to those of you who would like to skip this, and hello to those of you who enjoy this part of the show. Hello. (laughs) I have kind of a a headache right now, and in a couple hours, I'm actually going to be a guest on another show. Very excited to announce that. I don't know if I'm allowed to announce it quite yet, because it won't be out for a few weeks. So I'm going to leave that up to the host to let me know, but I've been on it before and I'm very excited because I'm going to be doing a few episodes as a guest host and yeah, I have that coming up in a couple hours. I'm going to eat some dinner, um, get ready to, I'm always very nervous before I'm a guest on someone else's show. Uh, no matter how many times I do it, I'm always afraid, <laughs> I don't know, I'm just always nervous. I'm afraid they're going to get like not mad at me, but just be like, oh man, (laughs) no way. We don't want her back. Uh, It's just, you know, your basic (laughs) egocentric insecurities. (laughs) Um, Oh, speaking of weird uh, stuff this week, I posted to my Instagram stories. I, I don't think it's still up, but I posted this video I found on TikTok that I just thought was really funny. It was this lady at Walmart and she's wearing bubble wrap as a dress like she has bubble wrap wrapped around her and she's drinking a glass of tequila like an actual glass and she's like it's tequila and bubble wrap Wednesday everyone (laughs) I forgot exactly what she says or Thursday I don't know she's just talking about how it's tequila and bubble wrap Thursday and it's Walmart Thursday and she's at Walmart with her in her bubble wrap with her tequila and it was just really unhinged and hilarious I like really absurdist um um, unhinged humor and i posted it to my instagram stories not the scary to sleep ones my personal ones which if you want to follow that it's shelby b novak on instagram and i got so many (laughs) i got a lot of dms that were like concerned um this woman doesn't look like me at all but hey look white ladies we all tend to look alike so I get it so I don't know if people at a glance thought it was me or um what because I got like concerned messages that were like just what is this about or um 
is this your alter ego or I can't even remember all of them and I don't want to say any of them verbatim because I know everyone meant well I didn't I don't want anyone to think I'm like calling them but I, I got like a lot of dms about it it was really strange I was like I'm fine I just thought it was I just thought it was funny I don't know if it's because I'm going through so much of my personal life everyone thought it might be a cry for help but I just want to assure all of you who saw that uh, if I didn't answer you, I, I have no plans uh, to go to Walmart in bubble wrap with a glass of tequila. I just thought it was a really funny video. <laughs> uh, but thank you for your concerns. Uh, but I am not, uh, I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm actually doing very fine. So don't worry about that. So I don't know if that's what people were like, oh no, she's got a lot going on. Is this... Is this her telling us this is what she's going to go do? Or like I said, I don't know if at a glance people thought it might be me for a second. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm good, everyone. Thank you, though. Um, <laughs> let's see. I don't, I didn't bake anything this week. Oh, it was Super Bowl last Sunday. So no, I didn't do any baking. I did, um, I did some family stuff where we had like hamburgers and potato salad and um, some cousins brought over crumble cookies, which were very, very good. I know crumble is very controversial. People are always upset about it. I, they're just cookies to me. I don't know. I know they're like, they're, I don't know, not to everyone's taste. I like them. I'm not going to go out of my way for them, but I like them. And some of them were very good. They had some that had like a raspberry filling and, oh man, those were excellent. I had a lot of those. Um, or not a lot of those. I had a lot of chunks of those because crumble cookies, you got to like cut them in pieces. You can't, I've never had an entire crumble cookie. You got to cut them in like quarters or eighths. And so I went back for a lot of slivers <laughs> of that one. And I'm not even talking because of calories. They're just very dense and rich. They're dense, rich cookies. Like you can't, oh, there was also a red velvet one and that was really good. And that one, same thing We're just a sliver of it. And I was like over sugared, oversaturated. It was just very rich. So I didn't do any baking this week because there were a bunch of those left over. And, um, speaking of eating, I need to go grab some dinner before my guest spot on this other show. Very excited. And, um, thanks for listening, everyone. I will be back next week, hopefully with an original, a Shelby Novak original, which I'm very excited about because it'll be the first one that says Shelby Novak on it, uh, that I've been working on for quite a while. I'm pretty excited about it. I hope you like it. It's been a while since I've had an original story on the show. So yeah, keep a lookout for that. It'll be, in fact, let's just say it'll be next week. <laughs> I work better under deadlines. So this is a self-imposed deadline. I have told all of you that next week will be the original story. And that's what's going to happen. And this weekend, I'm going out of town for something very exciting. It's a little um, collab I'm doing with a with a company that you'll end up seeing. It'll be on my Instagram, so you'll see that on Inst if you follow me on Instagram. That's where it'll it'll pop up. So that's going to be exciting. Got some fun stuff coming up. So I'm going to let you go. Finally, I've talked long enough. I hope you've been drinking water. Please drink water. It's so important to your body, and your body is so important to me. That sounded creepy. Anyway, go get some sleep. Sweet dreams.